of Daddy Square. I'm Jan Deckel. I'm Alex McGann. Hello, Alex. This is Thanksgiving week. God, you're such a foreigner. <laughs> yes, it's Thanksgiving week. That's true. And we had uh, our kids' first ever Thanksgiving performance at school. Yes. I remind you, they are three years old, so they had like pretty much like three songs yes. performing. They were, they were brilliant. One of which was, Good morning, Mr. Turkey. How are you? And I'm like... Not so good. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's Thanksgiving. It's How come you song. sing about... That's all I could think of. <laughs> Do people actually teach kids in America to sing to the turkey, How are you, when we kill him and eat him yes. I on mean, the table? Yes. I mean, in America, the turkeys happily give their lives in November for our pleasure. It's That's just what awful. they do. American turkeys are incredible. Good morning, Mr. Turkey. How are you? This is what you sing in, in uh, Thanksgiving. Don't you have like other songs like, I don't know, Thank You Next by Ariana Grande, for yeah. example? I don't know what Never mind. So this is uh, episode 10 of uh, Daddy Square. Um, we're going to talk about uh, working dads today. And uh, let's just say that if uh, last week's episode wasn't so much in, uh, in our alley, this one is. Yeah, this is, in our, this is up our alley, all right. Oh. Yeah. In yeah, our alley, it means something else? No, but you it say up our alley, even though that sounds no. a little bit... Uh, <clears throat> it doesn't mean uh, bottoming, it, it, does it? It could, but it's all right to say. Um, we're going to talk with Mike Stommel. He's a founder and manager of Lucky Break PR firm. Not only does he work, but he also owns his own company with his husband, and they never fight, <laughs> which we found... I don't know, not of this earth. They, but, also, uh, they also never lie. <laughs> uh, of course, we're going to talk about that, uh, especially when you have kids. I mean, how can you not fight? That's what children are for. Exactly. You know, Alex, while preparing this episode <laughs> this week, I had uh, a very uh, interesting experience. As you know, I don't have an office I do. because uh, I design websites and uh, usually I do it from a Starbucks near you are virtual. You are virtual. Yes. I, I'm everywhere and anywhere. Um, anyways, there's a speci- specific Starbucks that I, I go to every day, basically. You know, this is a Starbucks where usually people come to work. Most of the people are working on a script, right? <laughs> right. After all, this is Los Angeles. I go in as I do every day, and before I go in, somebody says to me, listen, uh, we're filming for TV here, so I just want you to sign a consent, just uh, so you know that uh, you might be caught on camera. And I'm like, sure, why not? Every day people film there. It was nothing new. I didn't even ask what it is. I didn't care. I grabbed my coffee and breakfast and, and sat down, and suddenly, James Corden shows up and asks me, what are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm working on the podcast and it's podcast for gay dads. And we started to talk about it. And it turns out that they're filming for the Late Late Show with James Corden. And he was looking for somebody who who's writing a script because he wanted to turn it into a film and direct it. So they shoot like this whole segment. I don't know if I made the cut or not, but uh, maybe soon we can say like uh, Daddy Square as seen yeah. on the James Corden show. And yeah. if not this time... 
soon. It's going to happen soon. I prefer Colbert, but whatever. I'll take what I We're going to be famous. Today we're going to talk about working dads, and this is something that uh, Alex and I... <laughs> We have a little bit of experience with this. Yes. Both of us are working. Yeah. Um, Look, I think that there are so many ways in which uh, we, our family, our family is so special. And let me tell you all why. Um, I think that uh, we're both working, uh, but uh, one of us, I have a much more kind of standard full-time uh, job, you know, where you go to an office, etc. cetera. Um, and Jan has a job where, as he was describing before, he doesn't have a set office space and his hours are largely controlled by him. And yeah. so in a lot of ways, it's a bit of a, an experiment where you get to say, okay, the children are the same, the house is the same, but the work is different. And you can see the effect that happens when you have different types of work. So, um, of course, there's the stress that exists because you've got a job and you say, well, okay, so there's this really important thing I want to get done, but there's the time I have to spend with the children. I think that that's standard. Everybody has that problem. It's uh, not a problem for which there's any kind of easy solution. But I think that what's been really interesting in our relationship and challenging and occasionally, you know, horrible um, has been that, you know, okay, so I can take time off of work and uh, drive back to take the kids for their shots uh, at the pediatrician's office. And I can and I and I have. But there are other times where I've said to myself or even to you, Jan, I've said, uh, you know, you're nearby and you have the flexibility of hours. And so that has sort of seemed so natural. But the problem is that that can so easily breed resentment because it can start to mean, okay, well, whoever has the flexibility will always do all of the stuff for the kids. And I think you and I have tried very hard to avoid that becoming the de facto kind of standard way that it works. Um, but these are these are really big challenges. And wait, and on the flip side, another thing. So you'd think that the person who has the full-time job in a company um, has a harder time uh, with the flexibility. But there's a flip side way of looking at it too, which is that the person who is uh, kind of freelance oriented or contract oriented like you, um, you need to make the hours. You need to find the hours to bill to make the money that you right. make. Whereas I, as a salary employee, can always say like, you know what, look, I'm gonna take three hours off in the middle of the day and go and do something, and I'll just make up for it at some un other hour or other time of, of, of the day or the week. So like different types of work are provide flexibility in different kind yeah. of ways. Yeah, and I have to say that uh, maybe for some couples, it was like, pretty obvious that the one who's more flexible physically will be the one who's who's going to take care more of the kids. But for us, I don't think it was this way, mainly because I insisted on continuing growing because I started a business when the kids came along. Yep. So the growing the kids and growing, growing the business at the same time was pretty hard for me. And, and my rule to myself was is that I'm not going to neglect the job side. Yeah. So I, I think it was 
and it still is pretty hard. Look, I think we try in this podcast to be pretty open about where we've not only had hard times as parents, but we've had hard times in our relationship as parents. And there can be absolutely no doubt that as stereotypical as it might feel, um, this has been a source of real difficulty in our relationship. Um, you know, we've we've both tried very hard, I think, to strike a careful balance so that neither one of us feels as if, you know, one is taking advantage of the other. But we've, we've I, anyway, have failed any number of times where I think you have felt like, well, Alex goes off to his job in, at, at, you know, in the movie studio, and he, he goes and he sits in meetings, and in the meantime, I'm dragging my, you know, children to Dr. Slaninsky's office, you know, uh, on a Wednesday morning when I want to be working and building my career. And I, I have to say, like, it is a stereotype of every married couple, straight, more so even than gay. And yet it seems somehow unavoidable unless one of the two decides, uh, you know, nope, I'm a stay-at-home dad, and that's what I'm going yeah. to do. And I believe, and I think that we found this in our previous uh, uh, podcast episode to be true, I believe that even then there are stresses that exist in terms yeah. of the balance. So this is, you know, an incredibly challenging problem. And, um, you know, I, I think that as much preparation as parents can do or prospective parents can do with each other ahead of time, how are we going to balance this out? What are the rules going to be? Uh, is really, really critical to do. Because even though you act as if, oh, it won't be so hard. Oh, we'll figure it out as we go along. No, I don't think you should figure it out. I think also that it's changing. <laughs> I mean, so? what? I mean, during the time that the kids grew up, there's different needs. Oh, so the responsibility is changing, and the the way that you need to take time off work is going to be changing. Right, that's so true. this is something you have to visit every now and then, just to make sure that um, that uh, it's something that you know that still you feel good about it. You feel good about your job. Um, I think that for us, Alex and I are in constant trying to figure out what's best because the change is so fast, yeah, th basically, that we're almost always in some form of thinking of, okay, uh, how can we progress? Thinking and we, a little bit of negotiating, well, too. How can we move forward? Yeah. yeah. And, and most of that is even just about the planned stuff. Oh, you have to take the kid to the doctor's office for this, or, oh, you know, school is canceled on that day two weeks from now, etc. And then comes the day that the kid is sick. You wake up in the morning, you have a full day of work scheduled. Both of us have a full day of work scheduled, and one of the kids is sick. Yes. <coughs> yeah, oh, <coughs> and you're like, oh, coughing. My day is shot to hell. And you know, that is, that is, and, and really, I have felt like my heart drop when I have seen that because I've said, what am I, how am I going to do this? What am I going to, I'm going to cancel everything? And then, and then, you know, what if it's something that's a really big deal? And it's sort of like obvious that if it's really about the health of, of my kid, of course that's what I'm going to do. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of balancing about, well, am I going to do it? Is Jan going to do it? Um, and we sort of stare at each the, other. <laughs> I think the element of surprise here of the, yeah. you know, if they have fever or something, the element of surprise that, oh, my God, my day is just ruined. Yeah. That's kind of a... 
you know, tough stuff. Okay. This week, uh, we received uh, some messages, not questions, but actually comments about some stuff that we said on our show. And, and I just want to say, first of all, continue that comment. Yeah, please. please give us your opinions. We love reading that. And it also affects the show. Uh, we also uh, received some nasty comments, but, uh, you know, from homophobe people. Oh, really? Yes. You don't ho- share those awful. with me. I yeah, like Yeah, because those. I'd rather ignore it. I don't know how to deal with that. Uh. Um, but I, I just want to say that the, the subjects that you're commenting the most for good and for worse are the, the subject that we want to continue talking about because apparently this is an issue. Such as? For example, uh, the technology. So, whether, you know, whether kids should give, or you should not use phones and iPads and yes. things like that. So uh, they're commenting a lot about that kind of thing. About that and right. about, you know, our share of it. Uh, the fact that we do it too, with, right. we talked about that as well. You know, we're probably going to do an, a specific episode about technology. Makes uh, sense. Hello at daddysqr.com or at Yanir Dekel on Twitter um, and Instagram. It's very quiet right now. Alex, do you have something to say about working dads? Because there's one, okay, we'll talk about it at the end, but there's one issue that comes up a lot in this interview, which is balance. Yeah. Uh, balance between the work and, and the kids. Um, and it's not easy. I mean, uh, we, we are struggling with it after three years. Yeah. There are people that it takes them, you know, five minutes to, to make the balance. But uh, um, I assume that Maybe because we have twins, it has some nah, sort of... Nah, uh, I doubt it. I think everybody suffers with this. But why don't we wait to hear what Mike has to say first, and then let's talk some more. Okay, so here's the interview with Mike, founder and manager of Lucky Break PR. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Um, you are... Um, a dad. How many kids? Does? I have two kids. Uh, I have a girl and a boy. The my daughter's ten, and my son is seven. And uh, you're also a business owner. I am. Ooh, and what you, do you do? Uh, so I own a PR and digital marketing company. I started oh. about uh, 2010. So I've had about eight years. Uh, I came from an agency background, and right around the time that my kids were really young, I went the flexibility of owning my own business. And uh, you know, eight years later. Wow. <laughs> So what, what kind of um, clients do you have? Uh, we do a lot of stuff in the hospitality space. So travel, hotels, uh, restaurants, nightclubs, restaurant groups. Uh, the, but we also do technology, um, you know, nonprofit. We do a lot of stuff. So, wow. I mean, our clients range from, you know, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. Uh, and Seriously? Growing, yeah. That's awesome. I'd be happy if I've never heard another Jimmy Buffett song, though. <laughs> so we have everything from Jimmy Buffett's to We've done communications for LA Pride, so mm-hmm. talk about kind of a diverse Seriously, client yeah. roster. <laughs> That's uh, and uh, you also worked with your husband. Uh, correct, yeah. Yeah, so he has been a business owner since he was in his early 20s. He owned restaurants, restaurant groups. Mm-hmm. Um, about two years ago, he came um, to me and we were talking about it, and we just we love working together. We love spending time together, and we're one of those couples that we don't really argue. We're kind of, a, I think, a bit of an oddity. Um, but we, we just get along it's, really well. and It's just like us. <laughs> we work well together. So, yeah, we, um, 
I was traveling a lot for work, and I think it all kind of aligned for him to come on board. So he does a lot of the uh, operational side for the company, business development, and it's been fantastic. I'm having a really hard time letting go of what you said earlier in the sentence. <laughs> um, so you, you guys, couples therapist, <laughs> ours. <laughs> Please listen carefully. Yeah, really. Um, uh, but no, but seriously. So, how long had you guys been together as a couple before you started working together? Uh, well, we started working together about two years ago. Um, we've been together for 16 years. Working in the PR, it's like around the clock. I was a publicist back yeah. in Israel, so I know what it is. It's like people calling you in like midnight with stuff. And beyond, yeah. How is it working out with, with having kids? So I think when I started my own company, I did it um, kind of unintentionally. I was with an agency. It was 2000. 2009 uh, the economy took a downturn and and they lost a bunch of their their business and you know I was looking for work uh, with other agencies large agencies and um, you know I, I was had a couple of great leads I was good doing my own thing and the kids were young I actually had one kid at the time uh, my daughter and and we were looking to have a second kid and it all kind of just aligned I think for us um, I had a couple of clients approach me and they asked me if I'd go in on my own business and start my own company and work with them. They really enjoyed working with me. So I figured with the flexibility of the schedules and the kids, I could actually work from home, I could make it work. So I kind of started the company as a one-person show. Did you, when you started, did you work from the home or did you work in an office? So we had uh, an apartment that we, when we had our first child, we actually got an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment for my in-laws. So they could actually come over. They uh, they retired in Las Vegas, and we got this in Los Angeles, so they could be closer to the grandkids and and give us a hand because we were both working. So um, we had an extra bedroom in that apartment, and that's what they used for my first office. So it was actually separated from where the kids were. Yeah, just not my in-laws. Well, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, because I really wonder about uh, the the ability that you have to focus, not mm -hmm. only because of the distraction of the kids, but at least in the times in my life when I've worked in my house, the distraction of absolutely every everything else, including the pillow. The pillow is there calling to you. Actually, works. for me, I think it was the opposite, where you know I was able to focus, but I found myself working longer hours, working at home, because there was no separation of coming home from the office and then you know following a routine. So I found myself working, sitting in the office at 10.30, 11 o'clock at night, and I didn't need to be. And now that your husband is working with you, like, do you ever have any time apart? Difference? No, difference between the work and home. Oh, it's, it seems uh, we like do. I mean, so we have a uh, we have an LA office. We have actually a couple of offices throughout the country. So uh, we have an LA office over by the Grove, mm -hmm. and um, I think it's for us having that office outside of the home has created kind of a separation of church and state to a degree. I mean, with what we do and with technology the way it is, I'm always connected, always working to a degree, but at least I can do it from home. Uh, but there is a, you know, I try to follow a routine. I think for us it's about um, trying to find that balance between work life and, and spending quality time with the kids during the weekdays as well. I think when they were newborns, um, it was much easier. Easier? Uh, it's, I think it's a lot easier. I mean, you may be sleeping less at night because they're getting up throughout the night, but now as they get older, you sleep less because you worry. It's not because you're getting up and having to feed or change. Uh, so it changes a little bit. But I think, um, you know, as they get older, too, you have more responsibility in terms of their activities. So, you know, every day we have some sort of after school activity. It's piano. It's, you know, French tutor. It's soccer. It's 
you know, fencing, it's everything. So there's always something pretty much every weekday. And then it, you know, rolls into the weekends as well. So with all of those things that are going on, um, you know, you talk about how you can work 24 hours a day, but it means, right, necessarily that you, you don't get large uninterrupted blocks of time to work, right? Because you're, there are like, not slivers. after hours. Yeah, anything after six, it's a balance of, of really trying to put the phone down, put the computer away, yeah, and focus on you know cooking dinner, or, you know, working with the kids on homework, or doing the after school activities. So do the, you, and do you manage to do that? Or I think with having a partner makes all the difference in the world. I think yeah, you know, there were I think it was about a week of not having my husband in town. He was out for a family funeral. And I had to ma manage a busy work schedule and two kids. Uh, my hat's off to single parents because I, at the end of it, even my 10-year-old's like, I'm sorry if I'm giving you any hard times. And she was very Aww. sweet about it. Aww. Yeah. So she understood. I, even she saw how difficult it was. So I think you know, having a partner that you know you can divide and conquer, You know, he has the flexibility a little bit more during the workday to leave and do parent-teacher conferences if he needs to or pick him up for practice or right. any of that sort of thing. And uh, so you said earlier that um, you manage the routine. So what's the routine? How's your day look like? My day uh, usually consists of me getting up around 5.30, 6. Uh, I check emails, respond to a couple of things. We have East Coast clients as well, so I try to get some stuff off early. And then uh, I do CrossFit in the morning. Uh, I usually do that about five days a week. Trying to That's wow. my de-stressor. Um, and then, you know, I come back, uh, while I'm doing that, my, uh, my husband gets the kids ready for school. Usually we'll take them to school and then we get in and go into the office, work until about six. He picks them up around two thirty-three, and then he runs them around to the after school stuff. So, you know, we try to kind of take turns, but he kind of does more of the logistics with the kids at the moment. Uh, how much help did you have during the time? When the kids were newborns, when they were really young, uh, we had his parents pretty much at our beck and call. Um, we didn't have a nanny. We, you know, we were both still working full time, um, but we were able to in the mornings. You know, she would come in and even stay with us for a single night and less sleep, which was amazing. Um, I think for us, you know, having them for the first two or three years of the first part of our kids' lives made a big difference. You know, and plus she was able to spend time with them. Did you ever do like uh, split the time between you two? I think we kind of organically figured out what made sense for each of us. I think even with our firstborn, when she was a, a newborn baby, you know, we tried to do uh, some sort of system where I would take one night or I'd take half a night, he would take the other half. Mm -hmm. And I think we kind of just found our natural rhythm where you know I would take the the early part of the night, like midnight to you know, three, and then he would take three to six or three to seven so that I could actually get sleep and he could get some sleep. How can you manage to do everything together? You, when you have kids, you kind of give up your personal priorities to a degree. Um, but then I think you have to find a balance. So I think it's about everything you do is about balance. So I think for, you know, even working out it, you know, don't stress the first couple of weeks that you have a newborn baby. If you're making it to the gym or not, you'll get back. You know, it all will, you know, it all works out. And I think it's, I think everything about, um, successful parenting and, and having a strong relationship with kids. I mean, kids are taxing. They're difficult sometimes. It's exhausting. Um, it's also extremely rewarding. And I think that um, it's about finding a balance. It's about getting someone to come in, watch your kids so you can go out and have drinks with friends and actually have adult time and balance out you know, baby time. I think it's all about prioritizing it and having that support system. Again, I think have, for me, it was having 
my mother and father-in-law there that you know I could have them come in for a week and even if it meant they were staying in my house you know it may have been tight yeah. but I actually had time to go out and do stuff and enjoy you know adult time outside of the the kid time even if it was you know working out so I could go out and have them come watch a kid for an hour so I could hit the gym right, I think it's yeah. just finding balance and having the support system friends and family is, yeah. is hugely important and now do you still rely on them or do you I have do a, yeah oh, really yeah so, so I mean, we travel we travel a lot for work. Okay. Um, so I, I was just in uh, Virginia. We have a DC office. So I was back there for about uh, a week. Mm-hmm. And um, I the kids are still in school. They still have all their after school stuff. Um, a nanny, I don't think could handle that. And it would have to be a full time thing. So I'm really fortunate that I have my in-laws where they'll come and they'll stay. They'll watch our dog. They'll watch our kids. They'll run the kids around. And they're mm-hmm. fortunately, they're retired. So for them, it's quality time with the kids. They, you know, gives them kind of purpose gives them something to do this is something we've certainly asked ourselves a lot uh we had our kids um on the other side of the world from where both of our sets of parents or our parents live um and so while they've come and visited for blocks of time and have been incredibly helpful when they've been here it's a different kind of model because you're paying cash Mm -hmm. when you want you know uh support um and i also think that in those first in that first week or two weeks, I don't know how you guys felt, but we were in such shock that <laughs> the idea that we didn't have family around us really yeah. close, I think it was a mistake. I'm going to say right now that, you know, I almost said, were I to do it again? And then it ch- st- stuck in my throat because I can't <laughs> really say those words. But we have twins. It's different. Uh, it is different. I, I have a lot of friends that have twins, and it's yeah. very different because you have double of the same experience so it's not like their age is a little different you've kind of experienced one you're able to kind of then move on to the second and figure it out i grant you but i i still think that at least speaking for myself the emotional impact of having the kids um was the change to my life that i don't think would have been that much different if it had only been one these are changes that affect the structure of everything that you've known for a very very long time and if i had family especially family maybe with little kids um then there would have been more of an understanding of what i was kind of about to enter do you have um do you have you know cousins yeah. or nephews yeah actually uh, so i have three sisters uh two older one younger and my two older sisters had children before i did so i was always around a pretty large family so right. i was used to little kids and babies being around um i think i was less worried uh, worried about you know what to do with the children when i when we had our first baby and more you know are they going to be breathing at night? Like the very yeah. basic, you know, fundamentals of like keeping a kid alive. Um, it was less worried, like, oh my God, what's going to, it was more big picture, I think. Um, so I think for, for us, um, I grew up with family and sisters. Um, I, I was used to it. I think for, you know, kind of going back to your point and your, your question about the um, family and having that family support, I think nowadays family is so many different things. It's, you know, your immediate family, it's your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a lot of friends. So we were the first, uh, we started the adoption process with our first child when I was 30. Uh, we thought it would take a couple of years and before we had the first kid. To our surprise, we signed up with an adoption attorney and within two weeks we were chosen. Mm-hmm. And then how long till you had the kid in she your She was five months old, uh, five months pregnant. 
So we had four months to prepare. So he was in the birth. You were in the birth we, of We were for kids. Charlie for a yeah. daughter, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that was uh, quite an eye-opener. And yeah. I think for us, we didn't have time to worry and stress about how we're going to put it together systematically. Mm -hmm. um, it just kind of happened. It happened so quickly. Did you ever feel uh, that your parenting is compromised because you're working? Uh, I do now a little bit that the kids are older. Um, I think less when the kids were newborns and, and really young. I think now um, my 10-year-old in particular, she's very aware, acutely aware of how much time I spend on my phone or my computer. Mm -hmm. um, I think for the longest time she liked to say that I didn't work. I just stared at my computer all day. <laughs> and I'm like, honey, that is work. And you know, I work for my computer. Uh, so I think you know, for her, she's always asking, why am I on it? Why, you know, why am I always working? And um, I feel like when I give her a response, it's sometimes something my parents would say. Like yeah. what, what? What is it? You like nice things, don't you? Oh, like that. I put a roof over your head. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I do feel a little bad, but I think, again, it's it's finding um, balance and making sure that, you know, I take time off. I disconnect from electronics and do dinner. I do, you know, I cook dinner pretty much every night. I do, you know, sit down, try to do homework with them. Although, you know, now with the 10-year-old, the math homework is getting a little tricky Get too for hard. Me. Yeah. But your husband can help with that because of his background, because of the business background. No, no. no I think kids oh. learn differently now, especially with math. So right. you'll, when your kids get older, you'll see that they do a, a completely different system for multiplications and division and fractions. And I remember how I learned a couple of years ago. <laughs> of course. Uh, but you know, with my with my daughter, they learn a certain way. So when you're trying to go through and, and explain to them, it's just, it's very different. Wow. Yeah, math is in particular, I mean, history, all that stuff is really basic, but the math is just very different system. Mm -hmm. Well, although they don't do cursive anymore. You must have learned cursive, right? I learned cursive. Yeah. Um, our daughter went to a French school and they learned cursive. So she did, but her brother, uh, we pulled him out before, I think he was there for about two years, right. and he didn't learn cursive, so Aww. she knows that he doesn't. What happens when quills come back? What will they do? <laughs> They'll have some electronic version, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, did you ever feel that your work is compromised because you're a dad? Um, not really. Um, I feel like sometimes, I, uh, the work is, I can always do it and I can always figure out when to do it after hours. I think um, so much of what I do is is based on you know emails and communications through digital platforms or phones. And I'm able to really kind of find different times to work on it. So if it means that I stay up all night working on stuff after the kids are sleeping, like I feel like the work is never really compromised. Um, children, I mean, it, it, again, it's balance, it's tough. Yeah. So, so did you feel I don't know how it applies to your type of work, but you know, just the very fact that you have clients. Did you feel any change from your clients, both existing clients and new ones uh, in terms of uh, approaching them? Did you feel any kind of difference in their reaction to you when they knew that you had kids? Uh, I think it's kind of a, it's, misery loves company, I think maybe sometimes. Um, I think a lot of parents are, I mean, especially with my, um, you know, my straight clients that aren't based in Los Angeles, that aren't used to same-sex families. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, it, there's a, it's a common bond. Um, so it gives us something to talk about. And I think it, it actually is a, a great icebreaker even for, for new business and new clients. Cause you know, you can kind of, you know, talk about the same things that you're going through even if we're in LA and they're in you know some small rural town somewhere in the Midwest you know we have the same kind of issues you know it's 
is the school great? Are the kids learning? Are yeah. they behaving? You know, it's all the basic fundamentals of, of parenting. Mm -hmm. So I don't think, you know, it, it, it actually creates a, a common bond, I think, that has been a great networking tool to a degree, right. I guess. Right. I actually completely agree with you. I have noticed it um, in my work uh, that... Uh, it's not to say, you know, I, I work for a, a place that is incredibly supportive and embracing of, you know, of gays and difference and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, when you show up and now you have kids, um, you know, whereas they were supportive of you before as someone who's weird and different, now they're supportive of you as, oh, yeah, you're welcome to the club. You know, let's talk about what school you're going to send your kids to and uh, well, let me help you find a good nanny and Absolutely. all of this kind of stuff. And it's it's uh, powerful. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to exploit my children, but I love to exploit my children. Yeah, totally. No, I think that it's funny because I think that I've ha I think with my family who's from Virginia, I grew up in a very conservative background. Yeah. Um, I think the kids were a bit of an icebreaker to that degree as well. I think they realized there's a sense of normalcy in my life and that I would have kids. And I think that was my mom's biggest issue was like, oh, you're gay. You're not going to have kids. Right. I'm not going to have grandkids from you. And, you know, she does. She's got two kids. So. Now, she doesn't she doesn't live. She doesn't live here. No, Virginia. And how how often does she come and stay here? Uh, a couple times a year. So and right. she'll come stay with us. And I have you my, put her yeah. you put her to work when she gets here. too. I do. Right? And she's. She's great, very sweet, sensitive, but she also will call my daughter out on okay. on any BS that she tries to pull on there. She's like, you know, I'm visiting, but you're not getting everything you want. Well, just because I want to be clear that my mother felt the same way that your mother did, yeah. you know, that I wasn't going to have children, she wasn't going to have grandchildren. And my view is, okay, now I've done that now, which means you have to you got you better work. Yeah, you now. got a job. Yeah, you got a job yeah. now cuz you know you made me do this. Yeah, I think there's something pretty amazing though watching uh, the grandparents interact with the kids. Um, they kind of get some of the best parts because they get to have fun with the kids, but they don't have to deal with the disciplinary side for the most part. Yeah. Um, you know, I was actually talking to my mom about it recently and my daughter um, we sent her to Virginia throughout the summer to live um, with my parents for about 3 weeks, 3 or right. 4 weeks. And my parents live, you know, on six acres. They have chickens. Oh. You know, they have all sorts of, you know, outdoor ATV stuff for I my daughter. Send our kids. Oh, yeah, can yeah. we send? What's your your, your what's voice you? would love it. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> your voice would love it. And so, give we, us your we, parents' address. Yeah, we uh, we sent her out there and just to spend some time with my mom. And you know, my mom said that you know she was great. And, she had one issue with her, but my mom like snapped her in line. And what was, what age was that? Uh, it was this summer, this past oh, summer. She was so 10, she yeah. Was 10. So did she go by, did she fly by herself? No, I flew her back out there. Would you do that? Is it, I don't know, when do when do little kids start doing I think that? it depends on the kids. So, I, you know, my daughter's 10. I asked her if she would even want to do it, and she was like, no. <laughs> oh, she, yeah, she didn't want to do it. But um, we Did you have, offer a business class? <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. Well, that might change things. Uh, so my neighbors, though, um, this great couple, they have twin boys, and they're 10. And they they lived in New York, and they have family in New York. They send the boys to, to fly by themselves, and the boys are totally fine. I think wow. it just depends on the maturity level right. of the kids. Right. We received a couple of questions from listeners, and uh, one question I thought I would pose to you, because I think like it's kind of irrelevant, uh, from a listener named Nick uh, he said, uh, he asked, like, what advice do you have? He's a prospective dad. They're looking into adoption. And um, uh, what advice do you have for dads who freelance in terms of balancing childhood work? And they're debating between having him uh, put his work on hold or like having a day, sending the 
kid to daycare or having a babysitter. They don't know what to do. So what do you advise? I typically don't give out parenting advice because I think that every kid in every situation is different. Um, but I do think that in terms of you know your child and, and when you have your kids, I think you know, we have a lot of friends that are fortunate enough where not both parents have to work. You know, they have enough income from a single a single parent that they can take a year off and, and, and do that. And that's great for them. I think it's great for the kids. Um, for us, we didn't have the luxury. You know, we were both busy and we had our own company. So I think um, for us, it, it's about finding, again, that support. Um, I think that, you know, I took about two weeks off with our first child and, you know, took vacation time. I was at an agency still before I started my own company. Um, with the second child, I had I had my own company and I just, I kept going. Yeah I, yeah, I couldn't stop. I couldn't take a break. I couldn't mm-hmm. make it, you know, but you, you figure out how to make it work. So you take less clients? How, how does it work? I I think I intentionally eased off the gas on new business. Um, I didn't want to overwhelm myself between the new baby and new clients. And for me, the timing just worked out really well. Um, we weren't crazy busy. I was busy enough, but I wasn't crazy busy where I was working 40, 50 hours a week or plus. You know, I was working 20 hours. And so I had the flexibility to do it and do it on my own time for the most part. You know, this raises a question for me. You know, your answer involved um, whether the family can afford to do it financially yep. or time-wise. Agreed, but I think there's another side to that, and it is how do you measure whether you as an individual should uh, stay at home with the kids if, uh, even assuming you can, assuming you can, I, I have to admit, like, I didn't want to do that, yeah. and and I don't know how you know unless you do it and find out is there a way of measuring as an individual whether this is going to work for you i don't think you'll know until you do it and i think for me i I very much like you i I think after my two weeks after my first child i was ready to go back to work i I needed you know adult conversations i needed something that didn't uh 100 focus on diapers and feeding but, yeah, but then so, why did you go into PR? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please go on. I just have more babies. <laughs> right. I couldn't resist. At least these babies yeah. pay me. You remember my conversation. I do. I really remember. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, you said you don't give advice about parenting, but what if somebody asks you for advice? Well, my younger sister, when she was pregnant and my brother-in-law came over for dinner one night, I said, you know, there's only one piece of advice I'm going to give you as, as a parent. I'm like, at the time I had two kids and I said, you know, the only advice I'm ever going to give you is this one thing. I'm like, parenting is all about who can out manipulate who. Wow. And now having a 10 year old daughter, it's 100% true. And I, and I, I totally and I say agree. manipulate. And I think manipulate can be a bad word. I think in this sense, it's not. I mean, for kids, it's you know crying, it's whining. They want something. Yeah. Um, as they get older, you know, they lie or yeah, you know, they try to manipulate you to get something they want. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just it's setting out rules that you know. First of all, if you're two parents and you're having kids and raising kids, get on the same page and never let the kids. You know, see you separated, right? Um, especially as the kids get older. But I think it it really is just about you know managing the kids and and being consistent. We're going through this phase where they want stuff all the time. I want this. I want this. I want this. I want this. Yeah. And I feel pretty awful that they're going to grow up being uh, spoiled. 
Did you ever had gone through this phase and what did you do? I'm in, I'm still in that phase. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah, and that's just oh my, my husband. I would that's point out that I think that no one, I think all human beings probably stay that way. They just learn to hide the words. They don't say, I want it, I want it. They just want it and they don't express it as directly. I'm serious. I think people want things. Uh, they just learn to be a little bit more classy about the way they do it. Or they figure out how they get to th themselves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And I exactly. think that, I, I agree. I think that um, my seven-year-old, what he wants and how he goes about asking for something is very different than my 10-year-old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my 10-year-old right now is obsessed with Harry Potter, so she's reading all of the books and She's we at the Warner Brothers Company. Thank you for You'll that. You'll try yes. to give her, send, send him a gift or something. Well, so her, 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 her new obsession and her ask and her want has been to go to um, Harry Potter, the park. And so, oh. you know, she wants in, to dress up as, uh, no, here. Oh, Universal. Yeah, Universal. Um, so she, you know, that's her, and it literally is multiple times a day, every day. And so it, at this point, it becomes, okay, what are you going to do to earn it? And right. So that that's the conversation. Right. You know, let's see what your grades look like. Let's see how nice you're being to your brother this week, you know. And it just we start chipping away at certain things that she has to do in order to get that. Is well, I'm sorry. I was going to say the bad thing is, you know, she'll get it regardless. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, they always do that. They do. Um is either one of your children old enough to understand what you do for a living? I think my daughter is finally getting it. Um ironically, my 68-year-old father doesn't understand it. Oh, yeah, no, that's yeah. normal. So I just gave up, and I'm like, yeah, I do advertising. <laughs> well, so does she ask you? Do you proactively sit her down and tell her? How does that work? Because I want to start doing that eventually, but my kids are three. Literally. Well, so I think they had a career day at her school a couple of years ago. I think it was probably about two or three years ago. Right. And you know, they, had, they asked a couple of parents if they want to come in. And my daughter told me that she didn't want me to come in because <laughs> all I do is sit and stare at a computer. <laughs> I was like, okay, she doesn't get it. But um, as she's gotten older, um, she'll come into the office sometimes and um, yeah, she'll ask questions and she'll ask what I'm doing and I'll show her kind of what we do um, to a degree. So she understands, I think, the basic fundamentals of public relations and she gets social media. She's not on it yet, but she understands what it is. So right. you know, I think for that, she kind of gets excited that you know, something that she sees is something we work on. Um, we have only a few more minutes to the interview, but I want to go back to the first thing you said about you and your husband not fighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to harp want, on that a little bit. Yeah, I want to kind of investigate on it because <laughs> I want to get inspired. Uh, how is it possible? Like, what happens if he annoys you or it does something that... It's it's just it's so weird because I think before he and I met and before we started dating, um, there were plenty of people that I met that got on my nerves really quickly. Um, and 16 years, I mean, honestly, I don't think we've had, we haven't had a blow up fight. We haven't had a blow up argument. Uh, we've had disagreements, mm -hmm. but you know, it's usually really minor. Um, I think especially, you know, after you have kids, the, the disagreements, <laughs> you may be on different pages, but um, I think for us, it's just, I think first and foremost, I think with our relationship, we're friends, um, and I think everything else is is secondary. Um, I think that you know we always are you know his strengths and his weaknesses complement mine, uh, in the sense that you know um, he's you he challenges me and I do the same for him. And I think that um, for us in terms of, of fighting, I don't know how we don't 
because we do spend so much time together. Yeah, seriously. But it's just one of those things that yeah, we just get along. What um, are your personalities? Uh, he is Cuban. So he's got very strong, you know, Cuban Scorpio. So he's very strong, um, strong personality. Um, Emotional? Not overly. Okay. I mean, yeah, pretty like, you know, pretty normal. Um, me, I'm pretty easygoing. Um, I've always been kind of go with the flow. Right. Um, I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten maybe a little bit more <laughs> difficult, but um, I, I don't know. I think it's just about, you know, it, it, I, for me, he's more like support than anything. I think, you know, he helps me with the kids and I mean, it's a partnership. Did you had uh, more disagreements before or after the kids? I think they were just different disagreements. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, before, like, they were probably very superficial. Uh, you know, they were about us or me or, you know, spending yeah. money or something really simple. Um, now it's about, you know, punishment for the kids right. or, you know, trying to encourage the kids. And, you know, it's really, it's just changed. You know, I think when you have kids, your perspective changes, your needs and, your, you know, your wants get put on the back burner to a degree. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's really interesting, right? Because there are, um, I know that there are couples who are uh, devastated by, the relationship is devastated by having children. Yeah. You know, there's that old notion that your relationship isn't going well, so you have a kid. Yeah. Doesn't seem like a smart thing. Yeah. Yet, on the other hand, I'll just say from my experience, our experience anyway, um, it's true that since we had kids, a lot of the more kind of, petty shit yeah. uh not so much anymore because there's a lot more serious stuff to focus on absolutely i think yeah. your focus is just more about you know am i raising my kids right are we you know are we doing what's in our kids best interest you right. know and then i think the other small stuff is just it's it's not it's not important right other than going to virginia do you ever take your kids uh like to long drives or to visit places? Well, we took our kids this summer to Europe. We did a, a whole European trip. And we waited. <laughs> uh, we did it. So we did a, a, a cruise when our daughter was 18 months old. And that was a huge mistake. Oh, my God. That was a huge. First of all, she didn't even appreciate it <laughs> right. at 18 yeah. months old. And second of all, the time difference threw everything off. Uh, this time was um, really great. We went to Greece and Rome, and we were in a bunch of different places. And... I actually did a whole collage on my seven-year-old who literally was sleeping 90% of the time. <laughs> he couldn't manage it, which, but it was still really fun. Wow. Yeah. Uh, when, so, but was it the first time or? No, I, we travel a decent amount for work, but then we try to make sure that we include the kids on certain things. So we'll do, mm -hmm. uh, you know, every year we go to Connecticut to visit family and spend time with them and we take the kids. Um, Yeah, we'll do short little trips like Palm Springs or Santa Barbara and, and try to go out and do different things with the kids. Um, we also, you know, this year will be the first year that we actually spend a decent amount of time in New York with the kids. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to do Broadway and, and some of the stuff like that. What are you going to say? Uh, we don't know yet. My daughter is vying Bob's for sponge. Harry Potter. Oh, of course she is. <laughs> She's gonna, you, you might have to kill somebody to get the tickets, but it's worth it. Yeah, it's I don't like know. Six I'm hours, like thinking like kinky boots. Uh, or... It's very long. It's yeah. like a six-hour show. Well, it's, it's sort of two big two yeah, I think it's two parts, chunks. yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so I think New York will be kind of interesting. Um, you know, we also like to do a lot of trips without the kids. Uh, we were in Tokyo last year uh, for November. I think we're going to go back this year. Um, it's Those kind of trips are amazing. Well, at what age, and I think that's going to be the last <laughs> question, but at what age did, the, did you feel like the kids are really benefiting from you going so to a trip? 
I think my seven-year-old in three years will be the perfect age. Um, she'll be 13, he'll be seven, and I think that that's the age where they'll really appreciate what they're doing and what they're learning, what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, especially for a trip like Europe, where it's you know it's pretty serious, yeah. um, time difference, a lot of historical sites, and you know doing stuff like that. I think that uh, like 10, 10, 10 is a pretty solid age. Did you go with them to Disneyland? Yes, and I don't what, ever want to go What back. was the first time? <laughs> I don't ever want to go back. So we we had a friend that did one of the VIP experiences, uh, okay. and she brought us with her, and um, we were like, okay, we'll pay for you know lunch and dinner, and it was insanely expensive. It was hot. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan. What what at uh, what age? Uh, that was, I mean, they've gone when they were younger, uh, but we took them. I think the last time we took them was about two years ago. What was the first time? Uh, I think my daughter was about two. Mm. Ooh, uh, yeah. We we. I mean, we have managed to not do it yet, but Disney no, has we'll a have to. They have a beam that they beam into the brains of the children, so yeah. that you even don't know you, how they just how suddenly they start talking about Mickey Mouse, and you're like, I've had you locked in a Skinner box since <laughs> you were born. How do you know that it's the beam? They have a beam. Yeah. So apparently, I didn't realize this, but um, when we were at Disneyland last time, I didn't realize that they actually have uh, bars and they sell alcohol for adults. <laughs> So I, I was, know that. we went oh, through yes. the whole day of the park miserable and realizing we could have had cocktails <laughs> and at least made a little no, less, self. A little less painful. Miserable drunks instead <laughs> of just miserable sober people. Right. Mike, thank you so thank much you for, so for much. coming here and yeah, talking to, to us. Um, and I wish you a lot of uh, success in your work and as a father. And uh, thank you, Alex. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Okay, um, thank you, Mike. That was really interesting. And of course, he talked a lot about the balance. And what he's basically said is that uh, friends and family are very important. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if there's something I learned from that interview is exactly that. I mean, part of the reason why we find it so hard is because our family lives in Israel. It's true. Both of our families. Look, hundreds of years ago, your kids were always in the same house or across the the path from where your parents lived and cousins and aunts and uncles and all that kind of stuff. And that, that largely doesn't exist anymore. And I think it has represented a huge change to what it's like to have kids. Yes. Another thing that he talked about that I found really amusing because Alex and I have been talking about it a lot. And I think there is some sort of, a, it's controversial a little bit. We have to come out of the closet with that. What, what, uh, what have we manipulation. done? What have we done? He said, parenting is all about who can out manipulate who. Oh. Well, we know who wins that one, but okay. For now, wait, for now we win. Oh, I thought you meant you against me. No, oh, you mean that's I, right. Th- that's right. Uh, the yeah, the kids. So for now, we. Win, you think so? I don't think so. I think the kids have been out manipulating us for at least one of the two, and I won't say which one because you know they'll uh, grow up and listen to this. Yeah, uh, I think that they have been out manipulating us for at least a year. They're three now, since at least they were two. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Here, look, I'll give you an example. They look at you, you tell them that they have to do something, they look at you, and they say, no. 
This is and not manipulation. Some, this is very direct. Well, it's direct, but wait, but there's there's more. There are hidden things that are going along with the no. No, look, they're incredibly sophisticated. They're incredibly <laughs> sophisticated. And I think all children are, because when you think about it, that's all they have to work on. They're yes. not they don't have anything else going on in their life except for that thing that they want right now that you're not giving them. I wanna ask our listener, we haven't asked questions for a while now, and I wanna ask this because I feel a little bit bad about this. But for example, when we want to go to school, right, in the morning, and I tell them, okay, we have to go, and they don't want to go to school. They want to go to a store. Mm -hmm. I won't say the name, but... Givenchy. <laughs> no, not Givenchy. They want to go to the store with a circle. This is how they call it. Um, I won't say the <laughs> This name. This episode brought to you by the store with the circle. And I tell them, okay, I'm not saying yes. I'm telling them, okay, my heart's saying, okay, this is what you want. Right. I'm not saying yes, though. They understand it as if I'm saying, okay, we'll go to the store. Mm -hmm. I get them into the car, and then on the way, they realize that we go to school, and then they start screaming. But I got to get them into the car, so I mean manipulated them, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. I really feel bad about this, but it, it's for me, it's the only way I can actually continue doing the routine of the day. Right. Um, I want to ask other dads if they're doing it too, and what do they think about it? Should I just uh, tell them the truth and let them freak out and throw a tantrum? And because now they want to do something else that's specific, or should I just continue with my okay? I mean, I'm not lying, right? Yeah, you're you're sort of lying. I mean, you're not directly lying, but if they're doing something that clearly has them understanding and you know that it has them understanding that, that they're going to get what they want and then they don't, um, it, it doesn't really matter that it's not strictly a lie. They are not a court of law. Look, I mean, I think it's a good... It's, it's I think it's important not to lie to your kid because then they learn to lie. But if I say, okay, he says... Are we going to school? So in, during, during the way he asks me, are we going to school? I'm yeah. not answering that question because it's not a question that I can answer with okay. But uh, So what do you do? You just ignore the question? I mean, look, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you I'll what. I'll ignore and I say, oh, listen to the song on the radio. So I would like to try, even though I'm not prepared for this, I would like to try to catalog a list of ways that I respond to challenging questions from the kids. Are you ready yes. for the list? Direct answer. You know, are we going to school? Yes. yes. Um, Tantrum. Hold on. Uh, second one, um, uh, uh, deflection. Are we going to school? Have you seen Trump's latest, uh, you know, press conference? Just a complete non sequitur designed to, to uh, avoid the question and change their, you mm -hmm. know. Hello, kids, balloon. Right. <laughs> right. Well, to me, that's like the most recent Trump press conferences. <laughs> Look, balloons. Okay. Third one is um, indirect lie, which is what you were just talking about, which is, you know, are we going to school? Okay. You know, something like that. <laughs> Next that does not one. make any sense, though. It doesn't. Next one is um, the maybe answer, right? So which is sort of an answer designed to leave the door open and then the final one that i have is one that i've actually started to do a lot more recently which is to answer a question with a question so if they say are we going to school i'll say do you like school oh and that way i I'm do not that too i ask the question I, oh now you reminded me sometimes when you say i 
are we going to school? I say, what do you think? Right. <laughs> Where are we going? Psychologist. So, so anyway, but I, I just do, I, I'm actually very proud of that list I just came up with. So I think that that's the, that those are the ways that I answer my kids when they ask questions that are difficult to answer in some ways. And I would love to get um, responses from our listeners about which are the best and worst ways of, of that list to answer. You can either write to us at hello at daddysqr.com or just leave us a message on Facebook. I think that's it. For not quite. Days. Not oh. so quite. So we're not going to do sage advice today, but since it's Thanksgiving weekend, uh, I wanted to say what I'm thankful for. Can okay. I do that? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's going to be like that. Alex cried in the in the performance. Shut up. He... Yes, I cried when my children sang Hello Mr. Turkey. How are you? Not um, so good. Not so good. Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously. I mean, it's going to be pretty obvious, but uh, I am thankful for the life that I have been uh, blessed to be able to have. Uh, when I was 20 years old and was quite sure that I was gay, but wasn't quite out of the closet yet um, you know this was at a time when AIDS was raging when people could not live uh, normal lives as homosexuals and I was sure that I wouldn't live a normal life as a homosexual I was sure I wouldn't be able to live the life that felt to me like it was going to be a uh, full and rich and challenging but loving and now I uh, I am married to, you know, the man of my not so, dreams. Not so much. Shut up. You're married I, to Channing Tatum? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, I'm married to the man of my dreams. I have uh, two children that uh, drive me crazy, and yet I look at them sometimes, and I am I'm floored and flabbergasted by the fact that this is my life and these are who I have. And so if this podcast is worth anything with all of the bitching and laughing and complaining we do about it, what it's like to be parents, it's to say that all of it is all of it builds up to that moment when you get to look at them and say, "Oh my God, I have this, and that shouldn't be possible at all." So I'm thankful for that. <laughs> that was that was my husband pretending that he was crying if only his tear ducts worked <laughs> happy thanksgiving to all and happy thanksgiving to the gayswithkids.com because this podcast is a part of gayswithkids.com umbrella happy thanksgiving everybody happy, happy thanksgiving you guys <laughs>